I'm Tony Perkins, and this is More Than a Game, the podcast that takes you beyond the box score and tells the Arizona sports stories you've never heard. On this episode, we wrap up our series on baseball in the borderlands as we head northward. What makes Southern Arizona baseball so hot? Katya Mendoza takes us an hour north of the border to Tucson, where a local West Side hero continues to pay it forward to his hometown community. By now you've learned how one sport can transcend generations, city limits, and borders. Like my dad said, el rey de los deportes is just in our blood. Last week, Louis Varela mentioned something about wanting to transfer to Emporia State University. The Midwestern school is over 1,100 miles away from the Grand Canyon State. As it turns out, a family friend went there and was on the 1978 National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics baseball championship winning team. That year, six players and the head coach were from Tucson, and among those six was Fred Riesgo. Fred refers to himself as Hispanic, whereas throughout the entirety of this project, you've heard me say Latino. In this episode, it is used interchangeably as different generations have preferences on how they identify. Born and raised in Tucson, Fred grew up on the west side, which he says used to be predominantly Hispanic. He attended what used to be Menlo Park Elementary and later Ross Scrooge Middle School. Fred says his dad taught him how to play baseball that back then there was no such thing as t-ball. He remembers playing with the neighborhood kids, something he calls a different animal. If a wooden bat broke, we would get little nails and fix the crack with nails and tape, and we would continue to use it. So it was just kind of a neighborhood thing, you know, where we just kind of shared everything. You know, it was, it was a situation where you could get outside and play and play and play and play. And Youth baseball looked a little different back then. Because what we would do is we would play Little League and then you would play Pony League, and it was always the part of town that you were in. So those are the kids that you grew up with. You weren't mingling with all the other kids. And then it, the only time that kind of happened was when you got to American Legion. They would pair two or three high schools together. When it was time for him to go to high school, Choya High School had just opened up its doors. And I always thought that I was going to end up at Tucson High. But... It just so happened that Choya High School was opening up in 1969, so I fell in the boundaries of Choya. My class of 1973 was the first one to go through it four years. Like many of the other voices that we've heard from, Fred was also a multi-sport athlete and played basketball as well as baseball. But he calls baseball his first love. During his sophomore year of high school, he was moved up to the varsity team to play shortstop. My junior year, uh, my coach then called me into his office and said, you're a catcher now, so I caught. I didn't like it at first, but then I I kind of enjoyed it uh, because I was kind of in control of the pitcher and and what was going on in the field. And I used to try to control the umpire too. The new high school was ranked at a lower division with the exception of Fred's senior year when they moved up because of growing enrollment. He went on to play college ball and started at Central Arizona College. I wasn't going to play ball anymore. I was just going to go to school. I don't know what I was thinking at the time, but I had a friend that was at Central, 
And he called me and he goes, hey, they need another catcher here at Central. The coach would like for you to come out and try out. So I said, okay. So I went there on a one, I had a, I drove up there one day tryout. He gave me a scholarship on the spot. Things didn't work out as planned for Fred at Central, and he ended up playing golf. He moved back to Tucson, and shortly after, Coach Rich Alday gave him a call. He says, look, I don't need a catcher, but I need a third baseman. I said, well, I can play the infield. So that's when I transitioned in college to play third base. But it just so happened that when I was playing for him at Pima, the coach at Emporia, his name is Dave Bingham, was also from Tucson. And it just so happened that Rich Alday and Dave Bingham went to Emporia at the same time and played college baseball there. After a year or so, Fred transferred to Emporia State University. When I went there, I was basically one of two Hispanics there. And the other one was from Tucson as well. That was an interesting transition. A Hispanic Latino population in Emporia was actually larger than I anticipated, but it was lifestyle transition to the max. It was a great ride. We were national champions in 1978. So there was a pipeline. We were called the Arizona Pipeline. While Alday and Bingham were the first to pave the way, Fred listed off a few players who made up the second wave before his turn. And over a period of time, over the next probably 15, 20 years, probably, maybe, there was probably 40 to 50 other ball players from Southern Arizona that went to play there. When we were national champions in 1978, there were six of us from Tucson on that ball club. We still have very close ties to that school. Before the pandemic, Fred and other alumni from Emporia State would get together and run a golf tournament to raise money for the school's baseball program. Dave Bingham, originally from Tucson, has moved back. And Rich Alday passed away a year or two ago. So we established a scholarship kind of foundation for in his name at Emporia. So we are now raising money to send one to two ball players from Southern Arizona. It's strictly for Southern Arizona and, and give them a scholarship to go to school there and play baseball. So there's a history there. The legendary coach Rich Alday is a Pima County Sports Hall of Fame inductee. He was an all-city, all-state quarterback on the 1965 state championship team at Tucson High and would go on to play baseball at Emporia State, where he was named all-city, all-state catcher during the 1969-1970 season. The old baseball catcher built the baseball program at Pima Community College and would also participate on the coaching staff for the 1988 Olympic baseball team. Some coaches are just built different. So when I moved back to Tucson, I started playing um, semi-pro ball here in town. He played until he was in his mid-50s. Fred and I went back and forth with names of players that have come and gone through Southern Arizona, considering that I've become somewhat of a local expert on history. In my days of playing baseball, and then even softball, because you know some of these guys that I played against, and I played against them in softball as well. And I think it's just the fact that it was part of growing up here in town and playing baseball and really competing against a lot of good Hispanic Latino ball players, and it's kind of a unique group, I think, because it's a it's a matter of mutual respect for everything that we kind of went through and who these ball players were. I mean, it's close to my heart because you know I can see pe ball players that guys that I haven't seen in years, 
but we have that thing in common and we can go back and we can talk a little bit about it even though we don't see each other for quite a long time so in its own way kind of like a fraternity kind of thing you know where you just remember that part of your life growing up and playing ball and competing time and time and time again that's what Gil Heredia said remember a fraternity or brotherhood of ball players one of my best friends that I, I met when we were playing, it was called Thai Cub League in those days, and I think it was like for 14 and 15 year olds. I first met this guy, his name was Jeff Stanley, and he went to Floyd Wells High School. He and I played against each other in Thai Cub, but then when we were in high school playing Legion, they paired up Choya with Floyd Wells. Fast forward a few years later, the two would go their separate ways and reconnect at Emporia and bring home a national championship you know, I can honestly say I have friends that I've known for 50 plus, 55 plus years that I still associate with. And it's because of baseball. And you know what? I, all those kids at Nogales that have gone through that whole system together, they're never, they're going to be connected for the rest of their lives. And baseball does that, I believe. Fred and I talked about the Nogales program quite a bit. I told him how I found it interesting how coach O.J. Favela called himself the last step in the player's success and how trust and friendship is something you don't coach. He says that you just have to come together as a ball club. It was more apparent to me when uh, I was at Emporia. We didn't have the best team in the country, but there, was, there were a couple of triggers for us where our back was up against the wall in terms of going on and qualifying for the national tournament and stuff. I remember us getting together, because I was co-captain. And we met We met in my room where we were staying. And we just had a heart-to-heart, the whole group. We had to win two games the next day. And I think that was our turning point, because we came together as such a group and trusted each other and just believed in each other so much. You know, you're talking about 20-some guys, 21, 22 guys together. So, so we go to, and we, you know, we qualify, we win the area tournament, we go to the national tournament. In the national tournament, we lost our very first game. And we had another meeting. And we then came back and won five in a row to win the national championship. And uh, I think that's, that speaks to who we, who we really were as a group. A national championship winner who played semi-pro for quite some time. I asked Fred how he looked back on his long baseball career. That was one hell of a ride for me. Considering everything that, um, my ride to get to Emporia was pretty crazy. You know, go to the U of A, go to Central, play golf at Central instead of baseball, come back to Pima and then Pima over there and then end up being a national champion. It was, to me, it was a pretty good ride. I enjoyed every minute of it. From the day I started playing baseball at Choya. He was right. Six baseball players from Tucson, Arizona, went on to become NAIA champs. These days, Fred continues to give back to the community that raised him. This past June, he and other Emporia State alumni held a fundraiser called the Cactus Connection. This year, they raised $28,000 for the All Day Scholarship Fund in Coach Rich All Day's name. The alumni look to reestablish the Southern Arizona connection to Emporia and recreate that same pipeline. That's what I'm most proud of. To me, that ride has, it's, it's still part of my life. 
Opportunities are out there, and sometimes the journey isn't always linear. Sometimes it just takes a little extra help from your community to make it to the finish line. But when you do make it, and win that national championship, it means that much more. Remember learning about hometown heroes in our first episode? Yeah, Fred and the local Emporia alumni are just that. For more than a game, I'm Katia Mendoza. All right, joining us now is Katia Mendoza, and we're talking about the uh, series on uh, Nogales and baseball and family ties, a really fantastic series of of stories that you told us. Thank you for, for doing those. Welcome to this part of the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, um, I learned a lot about uh, Latinos and baseball in the borderlands in the series, and the traditions that developed. How, how did you come about uh, finding this information? Well, my dad has always been a huge baseball guy. Um, I knew he played baseball growing up, and just I always had sports on in the background, even you know family events, my uncle and my cousin, who I talk about in the show. They're always watching something, so that that's always been a constant and last year, I think it was, a recent Nogales High School grad, he got picked up by the Arizona Diamondbacks. So I thought that was really neat. He got a really nice check. Um, but you have this 18-year-old going to the pros, right? So, I mean, that's a big deal in and of itself. And so I interviewed him, and I was talking about him to my dad. And he was sharing a little bit of the history of Nogales and baseball. And he told me to reach out to my uncle, which I did because my cousin used to play for the team. And so it kind of just snowballed from there. Like I said, I always had that family tie, but I wanted to know more and I wanted to dig deeper because there was so much history there, so much tradition, championships, so many student athletes um, who got picked up to either play at a junior college or D1 or professionally. And I mean, I think that's something that should be celebrated. Yeah. And so many different characters. And one that stood out to me was Viejo, the baseball coach. He sounded like a larger than life guy. Yeah. So that was such a neat surprise. My dad, he had always told me how he had just missed having him as a coach because he had suffered some health problems right as my dad got to his senior year and made the varsity baseball team. Originally, my plan was that he was just going to be a little quick mention just because he's a part of the history. Turns out he established the foundation for what it is today. And so I started digging a little deeper. Turns out he was raised in Tucson, went to Tucson High, played sports there, went to play at the U of A. My dad had no idea about any of this. And then I'm looking through old Daily Star archives and I find that he served in World War II and I'm such a World War II geek, I guess. And because they used to write everything right in the paper, like about people's personal lives and all that stuff. But I found that he had served in the South Pacific, was a Silver Star recipient and a Purple Heart recipient. So at that point, I was just like, I need to find any family to talk to talk to them about this guy. 
I ended up meeting his daughter and I I consider her my friend now. Like she was just so knowledgeable and just had so much to share. And I just found out so much about this person and he was amazing. And I learned a lot about Nogales and Douglas. These These are two small border towns with big hearts and quite a rivalry between the two. Yeah, definitely. So my last episode that I worked on, um, I I got to speak with a few players who played in the 1981 championship game. And that's pretty cool because you don't get to do that. I don't know how many years later, right? And so Nogales ended up winning and beating Douglas. But my connection to Douglas as well is that my best friend from elementary school, her family's from Douglas. So we always sort of had those similarities in upbringings, which is why I think we're so close. But I thought it was really cool getting to learn more about a different border town and the family ties and traditions across the way, like a couple of hours outside of Nogales, you know? Where does the rivalry stand now between those two cities? The rivalry has changed, and I think we've seen how a shift in industry and how shrinking populations kind of affect even high school competition or high school rivalries, right? Because you don't see as big of a student body as we may have seen in the 80s and 90s in either Nogales or Douglas. Now, this wraps up um, part one of our, or season one of our podcast. What's coming up in season number two? So I actually have a story left over from all of the research and interviews that I did, and he's a pretty special guy. So we're either going to do a little teaser or a sneak preview of season two, or just save it to kick off season two. All right. Thanks a lot. Katya Mendoza, great contributions to More Than a Game. Thank you, Tony. And that's it for this episode of More Than a Game. We're done with season one, but we'll be bringing you more great sports stories from Arizona in the near future. The show is produced and mixed by Zach Ziegler. Our news director is Christopher Conover. Our logo was designed by A.C. Swedberg. Thanks to our marketing team for their help in launching this podcast. This show is part of the AZPM broadcast family. You can find all of our podcasts, news, and video productions at azpm.org. I'm Tony Perkins. See you next time.